This is Viterbi Voices. Coming to you from the University of Southern California, Viterbi School of Engineering. We're here to give you the inside scoop on research, classes, student life, and so much more. All of these shared by students, faculty, alumni, and other members of the USC community. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Viterbi Voices. It's me, your co-host. My name is Paul Ledesma. I am the USC, I'm the Executive Director of Undergraduate Admission here at the USC Viterbi School of Engineering. And I'm Cameron. I'm your other co-host. I'm a senior studying computer science and business administration at the Viterbi School. I, I started too confident and I didn't know what I was saying. And <laughs> I say it every episode. There you go. Well, anyways, also joining us is a fan favorite returner to the podcast. Mateo, you want to introduce yourself for those who don't know you? Of course. Fan favorite. That's such an honor. So I'm Mateo Sabio Piazzi. I'm a sophomore here at USC studying biomedical engineering. And this is the second podcast I've created. So if you haven't heard my first one, it's called Making Major Changes. Go ahead and check it out. <laughs> All right, cool. Mateo, uh, welcome back. And you bring another uh, episode here today, as you said, your second. And this is a student profile of, of one of our current students, correct? Yes, it is. So uh, tell us a little bit more about what this one is. Yeah, of course. So I did my student spotlight on one of my great friends, Caroline Baker. She is a biomedical engineering student, a junior in biomedical engineering. And in this podcast, we talk about her experiences as a student athlete while also being a student of Viterbi. So we talked about how the recruiting process was like to get on the swim team and also her experiences balancing sports and academics. And she also gave some cute advice for those considering the same pathway to higher education. So it was a really cute and fun um, student spotlight. That's great. You know, we get so many questions about, I think this is just this idea of, you know, when, when I'm leaving high school, what will my life be like in college? And I often will tell people like, you know, the things you do in high school are going to be the things you do in college. And you might even do some different things on top of that, but you don't automatically just change who you are. And so if athletics is a big part of your life in high school, I'm sure it'll be some part of your life in college. If faith-based activities, if community service volunteer work is part of that, um, if, if things related to leadership and involvement, uh, any music, dance, these types of things, there are so many ways in which students do that. It's not like you automatically change your identity because you start studying engineering or computer science. So I'm glad we highlight this because one of the things that people think can't happen, kind of the stereotype is that, oh, engineers can't play sports. And that's definitely not the case. So this is a great conversation to kickstart that. Let's get out of the way and hand it over to you, Mateo, to talk a little bit more with Caroline. Okay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Turby Voices podcast. If you don't recognize my name, my name is Matteo Salvia Piazzi. I've hosted once on this podcast before. You may have heard my episode, Making Major Changes. You should totally check it out if you haven't. It's super cool. Um, we talked about, uh, me and three of my friends talked about what it's like changing your major in Viterbi. And if you're interested in that, you should go check it out. But today I've got a treat. Um, I'm doing a student spotlight on one of my best friends in my major, BME. And with that, here is Caroline Baker. Hi, Mateo. Thank hey, you for Caroline. having me. I'm of super course. excited to be on your podcast. So how about you introduce yourself? Um, my name's Caroline Baker. I'm from Boulder, Colorado, and I'm a junior at USC, and I'm studying biomedical engineering with an emphasis in electrical engineering, and I'm a member of the USC swim team. Wait, that's super cool. Okay, yeah. So this is obviously like a student spotlight, and so I chose Caroline Baker because she's super cool doing Viterbi, and she's on the swim team. Like, I feel like being a student athlete is so much already. And then being in Viterbi, like, that's something completely different. And they're both, like, huge things that take up your time. So I'm curious, Caroline, what does your weekly schedule look like? Um, Yeah, so I stay pretty busy. Um, But normally on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday... I have practice from six to eight in the morning and then two to four in the afternoon. 
And then on Tuesday and Thursday, I have practice from one to four in the afternoon. And then we have a Saturday morning practice. So it's about, it's 20 hours of swimming. Um, And then I kind of just, I fit my classes around the practice schedule. Um, A lot of my classes are during the day in between my two practices on Monday, Wednesday, or like before my afternoons on Tuesday, Thursday. And then this semester, I have a lot of evening classes. Um, So I have an evening lecture Monday, Wednesday, and then labs Tuesday and Thursday evening. But my Monday through Thursdays are pretty busy. So I don't have any classes on Friday, which has been really nice because that kind of gives me time to get some homework done. And I also am doing research. So I go into my lab on Friday in between practices. That's super cool. I mean, obviously, like I need to be busy, but just like hearing that stresses me out. Like 20 hours of practicing a week, like that's so much, but at least you get your exercise in, you know, that's super good. And obviously you're a better swimmer because of that. So like, about your schedule, what's it like when you have a swim meet? So at the beginning of every semester, we have academic advisors that are just like for the whole swim team. So at the beginning of the semester, our academic advisors send out a letter. It's called a travel letter. And it's just, it's literally a printed letter with the dates of all of our meets And on the first day of classes, we have to give the letter to our professors just as kind of a heads up that like we're going to be gone these specific dates. Um, And it also like a lot of times at the beginning of the semester, when you give them the first letter, they're like, okay, talk to me when it's closer. Um, But it's super important because sometimes you do end up missing, you know, a midterm or an important project, stuff like that. So It's just good to have it planned early. Um, But then later, like before each meet individually, um, you get another travel letter. And that's more specific. It says like the times you're going to be gone because normally, like if we have a meet on Friday, we'll fly out Thursday night. So for me, like because I have a Thursday night class, I would have to miss that too. So it's just a lot about communicating with your professors and I try to give them as much of a heads up as I can. Um, But at first it was kind of stressful because I wasn't sure um, how the professors would react to it. But, you know, swimming, it's interesting with swimming because we're a winter sport. So normally um, college athletics, they're, you're either a fall, winter, spring sport. And a lot of them are fall and spring. So like student athletes with those sports, they only miss like one semester. They're in season and they miss for games and meets and stuff. But with swimming, you miss during both semesters. So I've just, I've been doing it for a while now. And I've honestly had really great, um, help from both my academic advisors and the professors have always been super understanding. Even when I've had to miss like a midterm, I can either make it up a different day or I can have a proctor give it to me at the meet, which is kind of rough because like swim meets are busy and then they're like, Hey, you have to take a final like after you swim that night. But yeah, it's happened before, especially in the winter. Um, But Yeah, I mean, the professors are always super great about handling it, especially if you give them enough heads up. Hey, y'all, sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to let you know that we have a number of 
campus visit programs available to you right now. If you want to check out what campus is like, if you want to learn more about the Viterbi School of Engineering, go to viterbi.link slash visit. That's V-I-T-E-R-B-I dot link slash visit where you can learn about our Viterbi visit experiences that happen on most Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. We have some virtual events that happen on occasional weekdays and occasional Saturdays. Plus, we have some transfer virtual admission sessions where you can learn all about how to get those courses ready for transferring. We want to meet you. We will have lots of opportunities to do it, and it's happening all summer long. But get your registration in now at viterbi.link slash visit. Hope to see you soon. Dude, I was like going to ask you, like, how do you do tests like that? I feel like there's been times where like I wake up late and then I miss a quiz and I'm like, oh my God, like professor, can I take this later? Like, can I take this in the other section takes the quiz? And then they say yes, but I feel like they'd only say yes so many times. Like, it's crazy how every single time you travel for a meet that you have to like request the professor. But like, I feel like they do expect that because you're a student athlete. Like there's not, there's only so much you can do. Like you can't like skip a meet, you know? Yeah. Um, And I know like sometimes, like if there is a big conflict, like hopefully like, okay, if you're missing a midterm, sometimes the professors, they're not as happy about it. But then because we have like a student athletes, like you have so many like academic advisors and just people higher up in the athletic department, like they've always been able to figure out a solution. Um, So it's really nice. There's just at USC, there's like a lot of communication between academic departments and the athletic department, like even higher up. Um, So they always get it worked out. And we just, we have a lot of support, which is so nice. That's so cool. Do you like traveling for meets? Like, I feel like it's kind of cool. Like, I don't know how often you do meets. Maybe you mentioned it and I just like missed it, but like, is it like every weekend? And it's like, are you traveling? You're like traveling to a new place every single time. Like it could be as far as like the Bay Area or even like somewhere else. Like what's it like traveling so much? Yeah. Um. So during our season, about half of the meets are home meets and half are away. So <clears throat> every year we duel all the Pac-12 teams. And then um, we also... Like this year, we had dual meets against UNLV, um, some of the closer schools like UC San Diego, Hawaii came to a meet here, which was fun. Um, but during the away meets, it's nice because like the Pac-12, every school is fairly close. Um, so the furthest we'd have to travel for a dual meet is to Washington. But then for like midseason and Pac-12s and NCAAs, they're obviously like those meets aren't just within the conference. So um, I know like we traveled to Texas for our midseason meet this year. Pac-12s is in Seattle. And then I don't know where NCAAs is this year, but last year it was in Atlanta. So for the bigger meets and they last normally like a week. Um, but you get to go to some pretty cool places. Like I know before college, like I had meets in New York and Hawaii. So it's always just been really cool getting to go see like different States. Um, and it's nice in college because obviously like the athletic department pays for your travel. That's nice. So, yeah. It's huge. <laughs> so it's like free vacations and it's really fun. Cause like you travel with your team and like your friends. So Yeah, but we normally have meets. I'd say we start swimming meets in early October and then go until March. And we probably have an away meet like once or twice a month. That's really interesting. That's so complex. Like, I feel like in my schedule right now, I'm obviously like not a student athlete, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, So just the way I live, like I have school. I'm an engineer. I have two jobs, and then at the end of the week, I'm tired. But you, at the end of the week, travel or even like stay, but you still have a meet. Like, that's crazy to me. Like, it could just be seen as like another involvement, but it's really not. Like, I, it sounds like it kind of takes over your life a bit, just kind of yeah. like in the way studying does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's very time consuming 
And obviously, like, college sports are very demanding. But, like, I've been swimming since I was, like, six years old. So then, obviously, like, when I was little, like, it wasn't as much of a time commitment. But by the time I got to high school, I was doing 20 hours of training a week and, like, traveling for meets and stuff. So I feel like I've just kind of gotten used to it over the years. Um and then just like time management is so huge. Like when we go to these travel meets, like everyone's doing like homework on the plane. You just have to make sure like everything's, you know, organized that you have, you can like set aside times to work and get your stuff done. Yeah. I can only imagine like how important it is. Are you like one of the only engineers or is there like a lot? Like what's the diversity <clears throat> in like majors? Um, The swim team. So, like, I'd say in general with athletics, there are not very many engineering or, like, STEM majors. But the swim team's a bit better. Like, on the women's swim team, there are three girls in engineering, which isn't huge. But our team is only, I think, 22 girls. So, like, three out of 22, that's not bad. Um, And then there's a handful of boys that are also engineering majors. So, I'm not alone. That's nice. I can't imagine what it's like, like, maybe, I don't know what it looks like, but maybe some swim meet, um, sorry, some swimming student athletes are, like, pre-med or maybe, like, engineers, you know, they must be having, like, a pretty rough time, because let's be honest, we know the engineering curriculum is a little bit more demanding in terms of, like, time, you know, Mm -hmm. we all study the things we want to study because we like it, so, of course, like, it's not too much of a bother, right, but the time commitment with engineering and pre-med it's unmatched I feel so it's cool that you're not alone when I asked that like I had a feeling that you might have been alone but no it's super cool that you're not when was your last meet like where did you go last um I had we had a couple of home meets in early January um the first week of January like before we even started classes um we were here training during winter break and then we had a meet I think it was like January 7th or January 9th. Um, but it was home. And then the weekend after that, we had another home meet. But just this past weekend, um, the women's team went up to the Bay Area to duel Cal and Stanford. Um, but I couldn't go because I was injured. A couple weeks ago, uh, I got hit by a car coming home from practice because our so the pool on campus was closed. So we were training at the pool by the Coliseum. And I had like the little electric scooter. So I was scooting back from like the Coliseum basically. And my friends and I were crossing exposition and we were like, we were on the crosswalk and we had the like walking sign, but then there, you know how there's like the railroad in between Um, this guy was turning left around the railroad. And I don't think he saw us. And I was like in the front. So I just had like a head on with this Jeep. <laughs> oh my so, you were like T-boned or what? I no, it was like I think I oh, like you're, a, I, you're in a scooter. Yeah, you I was on my scooter. My scooter got like fully ran over. Like no. it is so broken. So I had to get a bike, but <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, like I think last minute I like saw that he wasn't stopping. So I like tried to turn. So it was like the car like hit like the right side of my body, but it was just like straight up. Like, right. you know, and then I like fell on the ground. And honestly, like in the moment, it didn't really hurt. I think I had so much adrenaline. I just like, I like stood up, picked up my stuff and I was like, no, I'm fine. And like the guy pulled over and he was like, oh my God, let me call you an ambulance. Like, are you okay? And I was like, dude, I'm literally fine. So like I told him to leave. I like got his information and stuff, but I like told him to leave. I was like, no, do not call an ambulance. Like I'm good. Yeah. And then I just, I walked to the health center. Um, because <laughs> After normally, you got hit by a car. Yeah. yeah. The health center. Like I just, happened. I walked to the health center. <laughs> I was like dragging my scooter. Your mangled was, scooter. Yeah. My mangled <laughs> scooter. Um, and they, Like, I just went to the first floor and I was like, hey, like, I just got hit by a car. Like, is there anything you can do? (laughs) Um, um, So then they like, I went in, I saw the doctor. They like, I have like some cuts on my leg and arm and stuff. And they like cleaned it up. 
Um, I got a couple x-rays on like my knee just to make sure like everything was good. And then they were like, did you hit your head? And I was like, I honestly didn't remember, but I was like, I don't think so. Like I like felt my head and I didn't feel anything wrong. Mm. Um, so they were like, okay, like you don't think we need a concussion test you. And I was like, no, like I'm good. So then my friends, they came and picked me up. I didn't like walk home. Um, (laughs) that would have been too much because at that point, like by the time I left, I was like feeling the pain and I had like some nasty bruises, but I'm like, everything was good. So I went home that night. Um, I was pretty much fine. Like later, right before I went to bed, my head started hurting and I was like, I just thought it was like the come down from all the adrenaline and like, it had been a chaotic afternoon. So then I went to bed and I woke up the next morning and I felt like very dazed, but then I went to my first lecture. Um, cause obviously like I wasn't going to swim for a couple days just cause I was so beat up. So I went to my 8am lecture on Wednesday morning and I could not understand a single thing my professor was saying. Oh. And this was like, this was stuff that we had covered like multiple times before, like it wasn't super new and it just, it felt like he was speaking a different language. So then I was like, Oh no, like I should probably go get tested for a concussion. And like, I had like the headache, the light was like blinding me. Um, so then I went to take my baseline test, the concussion baseline test. And I failed so hard. Yeah. They had this like list of words. Like part of the test is this list of words that you have to memorize and it's 10 words. And I got like three of them. Like it was so bad. I wasn't even close. And my trainer was like, yeah, you're going to be out for a while. So I missed the, I ended up missing the Cal Stanford meet because I wasn't cleared to like dive or flip turn. Like I couldn't swim. So yeah, missed that, but it's okay. I'm back in the water now, which has been good. That's good. I'm glad you had a quick recovery. I was a little nervous for you there. Like, I remember what happened. Like, you texted me and you're like, I just got hit by a car. <laughs> no, it's so funny. Like, now that I'm like better and like not concussed or anything, like, it's so funny. Like, I feel like I have, you know, like when you have to do icebreakers in class and it's like two truths and a lie. Yeah. One of my truths is going to be, I got hit by a car. Mm hmm. They're never going to know. Like, it's a little fun fact. Little fun fact. I was hit by a car. Um, Yeah. No, that's super fun. And with that, I'm curious. What was your recruiting process like at USC? Like, Yeah. Um, So the way, like, athletic recruiting works is you can start talking to coaches your junior year of high school. Um, And it starts with just, like, there's – I forget the date now because they've changed it. They made it, like, a couple months earlier than when I did it. But when I was doing it, it was, like, um, June something. So there's this one day, and recruiting opens up for the next class. So you wake up. And because I was in Colorado, so like I had like I woke up, I went to practice and then I came back and I checked my phone and you have like a bunch of text messages from like all these random numbers. And I was like, oh, my God, it was like a little overwhelming at first, but it's kind of fun because like, you know, all these colleges are like reaching out and they definitely like, you know, they like mass send the text messages. But um you know, like you see like all the different schools, they're like, hi, I'm this coach from like wherever, like, do you want to like call me later? And like, we can chat and talk about, you know, recruiting and all that stuff. So then you go through and you have like phone calls with coaches. Um, Sometimes they like, they come out and they visit your club team. Um, Like I was on a pretty big club team and like I had kids, you know, in my grade that were also like going to swim in college and kids above and below me. Um, So we had, we had quite a few coaches come out to visit our club. Um, And then I think the most fun part is you get to take official visits to the schools that like you're serious about and you get five official visits. And when you take an official visit, they pay for everything. So, like, the school pays for your flight, your hotel, all of your food, 
Um, you get to go down on the field at like football games. Um, and it's super fun. I actually like, I took all five. You don't have to take all five visits, but I did. Um, <laughs> just cause it's so fun, like going to see the different places. And, <clears throat> um, like I know, uh, one of my favorite memories was at Duke because I took my visits in like the late fall, early January. So, um, by the time, like my visits in January, there was no more football games. Um, so like at Duke, I got to go to one of the Duke basketball games, which was really cool. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and at USC, I was kind of sad because I took my USC visit in January, so I didn't get a football game. But I, you know, I've been to plenty now, so it's fine. Um, and I didn't yeah. really care because like <laughs> I loved the USC visit. It, like it didn't matter. Um, but yeah, it was super cool. Um, and then after you take all of your visits, you can like you verbally commit to a coach um and like this is after like after you visit like you talk about scholarships and all that stuff kind of the details then you can verbally commit and then your senior year you sign your NLI um in November and that's like the contract saying that you're going to the school wow that must that must be like so exciting like my college application process was obviously like pretty different as a non-student athlete, you know, like I applied by December 1st, uh, the deadline changed this year, but for me, it was December 1st when I applied. And then I heard back in February saying I didn't get a merit scholarship, I was super bummed out. But then I got in at the end of March, 2021 during COVID. That for me was like huge. What was it like when you were admitted to USC? Um, so it was, like, yeah, it was the expressed interest. In yes. It's like a little <laughs> strange. Well, I guess when USC initially reached out, I was so excited because USC had been like, I went to swim camp here when I was like 12 years old and oh. then in the summer. Yeah. They have like swim camps and stuff for like little kids. And I went to one and then ever since then, USC had kind of been like my dream school so when I saw that I had a text from the USC, like the former head coach, um, I was just, I was over the moon. Like that was like, I remember there were certain texts that like stood out. Um, and that was probably like, that was like the best feeling in the world. Um, but then, you know, getting like, it's weird doing it as a student athlete. Cause obviously like you sign your NLI in November. And in your NLI, there's, it's like, it's literally a contract, but part of it is basically saying that like, when you sign this NLI, you're like admitted to the school. So like, even though I hadn't like applied yet, they were like, we're giving you admission. Um, And obviously like you have to have like certain test scores. Like they knew my GPA, they had my transcripts, my test scores, like before I committed. Um, so like, I, you know, they weren't like really worried about that stuff, but then I signed my NLI and then I only had to fill out one application and it was here and I did it. Like, I think I had to submit mine. I think mine was December 1st. So I remember doing it like November 30th. I was like, Caroline, if you do not get this submitted on time. <laughs> oh my good. I was like that too. I submitted 15 minutes before the deadline. Mm-hmm. Not even. I think it was like 14. Yeah. Like, I and yeah. I had known about it because I committed my junior year, like in January of my junior year. So like I had known that I was going to have this deadline for like months. And of <laughs> course I was, I saved it till the last day. Oh my I was God. like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> The website for me, the Common App, had been crashing like all day. And then it oh. opened back up and I was like duh, 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 trying to like fill it right back out before it closed up again. And uh, they ended oh. up extending the deadline, I think, by like a day. Uh just so yeah. to get it in. Um mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I already submitted it, so whatever. Yeah, but you didn't need it. I didn't need it. I got in anyways. So I guess, like, I'm curious, how did you get noticed by USC? Um, swimming is 
like a lot more straightforward than a lot of other sports. Um, just because, you know, like with other sports, they have to go see how you play or like, you know, in soccer, I guess like your footwork, you know, stuff like that. And like in other sports, especially like football, like your size matters a lot and like stuff like that. So they kind of need to see you in person. And I think it is a bit harder to get noticed, but with swimming, it's mainly just how fast you are. Um, it's kind of like the initial thing. So like there are websites that they go in and they rank, um, like the top, you know, whatever, how many recruits in like the class and the country. So the coaches, they'll pull up the rankings and they'll be like, okay, we're only going to reach out to the top 100. Um, so like they, for the most part, kind of reach out to you, but I know like before recruiting starts, there are these things called questionnaires that you can fill out. Um, and it's, it's super basic. It's just like a Google form and you go in and you put like your name, where you're from, your graduating class, and then like your best times. So they just, they kind of have a general idea, or at least they know like you're interested. Um, and I filled out a couple of those. I honestly, I don't think I filled out the USC questionnaire. Um, but I did, I forgot about this. This was like the best thing that ever happened to me. So at the very end of my sophomore year of high school, before like the recruiting thing started, USC Swim, which is like the USC Swimming Instagram account, mm-hmm. they followed me on Instagram. No I like, way. I was like, I'm in. You're in. <laughs> they love you. now. <laughs> wow. That was like the biggest. I remember I was at a travel meet in Arizona when it happened. And I like, we were taking a nap in between prelims and finals and I like saw it and I like woke up my roommate. I was like, look at what just happened to me. Like they followed me on Instagram. I was so excited. How do you think they found you? Um, well, I knew, I didn't know this at the time, but the coach remembered me from when I was at swim camp here. So like I had like met him before and then they obviously like, Cause I'm from Colorado. Like we're in California swimming is kind of divided like East West in club meets. Like a lot of times, like people from Colorado will go to travel meets in California. So like you kind of it, like, it's a small world. Like you see people. And I think he just like remembered my name from camp and like saw my times and was like, okay, like, yeah, like we'll put her on the list of like people we're going to recruit. That's super cool. Like, obviously you don't have to go to swim <laughs> camp to get noticed by USC, but you got to do what you got to do. Exactly. You had had the opportunity. So that's super cool. Yeah. Um, 12 year old me was thinking ahead. (sighs) Literally 12 year old (laughs) was like thinking eight or mm, six years ahead. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I think we've talked a lot about what it's like for you being an athlete and why you chose USC for that. But now we have a whole nother part of you to talk about, your engineering. So like, obviously engineering is a huge part of your life now, in addition to being a student athlete. So like, I'm curious, um, what are you doing here at USC Viterbi and why did you pick it? Um, I honestly, when I was doing my recruiting process, one of the hardest things for me was finding a balance between, you know, having a good swim program and great academics. And I think that's almost what made USC like the most obvious choice. Um, Because, you know, some of my schools, they would have like, you know, like I visited Florida and NC State, and they had like great athletic departments, but, you know, and they're like really good schools. But I was like, it's not necessarily like, the academic environment that I was like looking for. And then I also visited Duke and Notre Dame and those were kind of the opposite, like great academics. And they have really great swim programs, especially now. Um, But just kind of not as big of an athletic department. And I felt like USC was like the perfect combination. Um, Just because I remember like taking my visits here and coaches were telling us about like all the research opportunities and how so many kids like, had internships and they like took us through like some of the Viterbi buildings and like the Viterbi courtyard. I was like, Oh my God, it's so pretty. Like I could be studying here. 
Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so I think just like the Turby has really amazing opportunities for students. Um, and you know, there's so many different things you can do. Like they help you get involved in research and they host so many networking nights so you can get jobs and internships, but then they also have really cool clubs and organizations like ASBME, um, which is like the Associated Students of Biomedical Engineering, um, or like, uh, they're like maker groups and stuff like that. So I just, I think Viterbi in general, like really sets its students up for success. And that's a big reason why I chose USC. Yeah, obviously Viterbi is the best. I mean, you're, you, I'm talking to the viewers right now. You're obviously like the coolest person on the planet already for listening to the Viterbi Voices podcast. But yeah, so we already know what it's like. We're Viterbi students. Um, I, I, you mentioned earlier that your BME with an EE, which is electrical engineering emphasis. So like, why did you choose BME and the emphasis? Um, yeah. So in high school, I was kind of torn between, you know, like I really loved like my biology and science classes, but then I did really like math and kind of, I only took like one kind of engineering class in high school. It wasn't even like real and I didn't like code in high school or anything, but I kind of knew like the math and like that stuff that I would be interested in engineering. Um, but I didn't, you know, I still love like biology and life sciences and stuff. So I didn't want to totally, you know, get rid of that. Um, so I think BME was just kind of the best combo of like, you know, I loved like anatomy and kind of like medicine, but I love also like technology and math and how that stuff works. So like, ultimately I chose BME because I found the classes interesting and I think there are a lot of opportunities, you know, after graduation with jobs that I would be really interested in with like medical devices and stuff. And then I added the electrical emphasis. Um, I added it my sophomore year and that took kind of a while to decide on just because like my academic advisor, Chris Knoll, who is great, by the way. Shout out to Chris Knoll. Shout out to Chris Knoll. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He is the best. Um, but he, you know, kind of brought up like the different emphasis things I could do. Um, and I just, I didn't really ever want to do the mechanical emphasis. Like that never, I was never debating that. Like, <laughs> I don't think like, that wouldn't be for me. <laughs> I was I done with physics. <laughs> yes, exa- exactly. I was like, no more physics. Um, and then I think molecular is like the other one that I was kind of debating between. And I really loved OCHEM, which I know, like unpopular opinion, but I really loved OCHEM. I took it over the summer. I'm so I was like, well, you know, I could definitely do more stuff like that. But ultimately, I think the electrical emphasis, like I liked the electrical engineering classes that I took and it gives you a really great advantage going to like look for jobs and stuff. Um, because I've learned a lot more about like computers and coding and technology. And I think that's going to be really important, you know, after college, like kind of when I'm getting into industry and stuff like that. So yeah, that that was like the main reason why I chose the electrical emphasis. Yeah, I mean, BME is like such a broad major in general. Like there's lots of different paths you can take. We have three emphases, like Caroline mentioned. There's like a molecular cellular emphasis. There's an electrical emphasis and there's a mechanical emphasis. And then there's also like you can just do the standard track, no emphasis. Like there's so many different things you could do. And obviously, there's so many different fields you can go into. So a lot of us BMEs, we like cater our interests. I'm BME, by the way. I I think I mentioned that at the beginning. I'm BME with EE, just like Caroline. And so like a lot of us BMEs, like we take our time to figure out our emphasis. Honestly, I'm still debating it too. 
between molecular, cellular, and um, EE, right? So <laughs> we take our time to figure out our emphasis so that it applies to what we want to do after our graduation. A lot of us want to go to medical school. Not me, though. I want to do industry like Caroline. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no medical school for me. <laughs> so I'm curious, like, you mentioned that you were liked OCHEM, which is, like, um, certainly a choice. Uh, <laughs> but what are your current classes and what are your favorite classes that you've ever taken at USC? Um, right now I'm in quite a few electrical engineering classes this semester. I'm in EE354, um, which is I think like introduction to digital circuits. Um, and then I'm in EE250, which is a really fun class. It's called the Internet of Things. Um, and you basically, you just learn all about like the internet and computers and how like stuff like that is connected and works. Um, and then I'm in BME 403, which is physiological systems. Um, and I really like that class. Like that, I feel like is kind of the best combination I've seen so far of like, um, mixing the anatomy and physiology stuff that I liked with like engineering and math. So that's pretty cool. And then I'm also in a GE. I'm in human populations and natural disasters, which is kind of fun, like mix up the engineering classes with that. But um, like I said earlier, OCHEM, definitely one of my favorite classes. Like it was a lot of work and I took it over the summer. So we did, it was a five week class and I had a midterm every week and it was like, I did it with my roommate because she's a bio major. Um, but we had like seven hours of class Monday through Thursday. <laughs> so it was just, it was a huge time commitment. Like it was so much work, but, um, I had a really great professor and I like, I liked the materials. So that was fun. Um, I also really loved BME 202, which is, um, it's the control and communication of the nervous system. Well, it's fun because <clears throat> you have like the professor, Professor Mel, at like the end of the semester, he invites you to his house for lunch. So I feel like that was like the first time I like saw my classmates because my freshman year was COVID. So like right. I didn't see any of them then. And then that was, I took that first semester sophomore year. And I feel like that was like the first time I got to see my classmates like outside of school, which was so fun. And like he has you know, gorgeous house. And it was just, I don't know, it was really great. Like, <laughs> I like seeing, you know, just like BME has a lot of different, like interesting people in it. And I liked getting to know them for more than just their major. Yeah, seeing BMEs and people from your classes outside of class, like on the weekend is a different feeling. <laughs> I had yeah. 202 last semester, I did the same thing. And it was, it was really fun. I mean, Traveling off campus, seeing the professor in his, you know, in his own bubble, like where he's comfortable. We had Indian food. It was really sweet. Um, we had that too. Take Dr. Mel if you're doing 202. Yes. Um, for sure. BME 202. Yeah. Uh, one thing we didn't touch on earlier was the summer. So like you took OCHEM in the summer, but did you have to like do anything for athletics in the summer? Yeah. So I'd say like one of the biggest drawbacks about being a swimmer compared to like different sports is that like the swim season, even though technically it's whatever, a winter sport and we go like October through March with like the hard college meets, it like doesn't really end. Like swimming is a year round sport um, just because like <clears throat> after NCAAs in March, all of the meets switch to long course. So like college swimming is 25 yards. It's like the short pool. And then after NCAAs, you switch to long course, which is like the Olympic size 50 meter pool. So in the summer, you, I guess you can go home and train with your club team. Um, but you still have to like be training and swimming long course meets. So like I stayed out here obviously because I was taking my class, but like <clears throat> my roommate and I, we'd go to practice in the morning and then we'd have like class all day. 
And then we'd go to practice at night again. And it was all like, like that was just, it was a busy five weeks. Um, But then Mm -hmm. once the class ended, it was kind of fun being out here because like all I had to do was swim. So like once the class was done, like it was just swimming and training. Um, I went to a couple meets in like July and August. And then the school year starts back up and then you switch from like being on Trojan Swim Club, which is like the club team that we do like USA swimming meets with. And then you have like two weeks off and then you get right back into college training. So there's never really like you're kind of training all year long with swimming. Hey, everyone, this is Paul. Sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to let you know about a new feature we just unlocked. It's about sending us questions or comments via text. If you go to your podcast player, check the show notes. There's a link there that says, send us a question or comment. It may be on our next episode. So go in there, send us a little quick text message. Let us know what your questions are. Let us know what your comments are. We'd love to hear from you. So we can't wait to see it. Now back to the episode. Dang. That's, I mean, my summer, I spent half of it here at USC and half of it at home. It was really nice being able to go home. Did you have a chance to go home? Um, I went home for like a week at the beginning of the summer. Like right after finals, I went home for a week. Dang. So you were like never really off the hook. No. I mean, oh. It must be demanding. <laughs> yeah. I think the summer, like summer training is fun. Just it's not as stressful as like college swimming. But then I'd say the hardest part about like having to be here, like for swimming is during winter break, because like you take finals and like this year we were done by like, I think it was like December 14th or something was the last day of finals. And then everyone else goes home. But because we're like in season in our hard 20 hour weeks, like I didn't get to go home for Christmas until December 22nd. And then I had to come back January 1st for training. So I only like, we got like eight days at home, which was nice, but, uh, or nine. Um, but it was just, it was weird. Like we'd be on campus, like in training camp. And that is like the worst part because when there's no school, but you're still training, the 20 hour limit doesn't apply. Mm. So we did like 28 hours a week. Like, it was awful. We'd have, like, five hours a day of swimming. Um, (laughs) But it was weird because, like, everyone else was home and, like, campus was, like, empty. So, I mean, it was kind of fun. Like, the village, like, there were never any lines at Target or Trader Joe's. And then when everyone comes back, I'm like, oh, my God, why is it so crowded? Yeah. Why is everyone here? You know? Yeah. (laughs) Like, I don't want to line. That's so funny. Um, I guess one more question about the summer. Like, as a student athlete in Viterbi, do you have to take summer classes to finish within the four years? No. Like, the one thing about being a student athlete is they make you take a full class schedule um, mm-hmm. every semester just to make sure, like, the NCAA has, like, a bunch of eligibility requirements and stuff. So, like, you have to take a full schedule of classes. Um, but I did – I took summer classes – both summers just well one because at first I was like I'll do it because it makes my like when I'm a senior or something maybe I won't have to take a full schedule because that's what like when you're a senior and you only have a certain amount of classes left the eligibility rules are a little different um <clears throat> so then I was like okay like I'll take them during the summer now because I don't mind like I can grind for five weeks um And then hopefully I'll have less of a crazy schedule when I was older. But then I decided to do the PDP program. So I'm going to do that. That's like where you can get your math. You can start taking master's classes as an undergrad. Um, So I'm going to do that. So I guess I won't have a lighter schedule. Like I'll still have to take like a full class load, but I'll get to start my master's classes early, which is nice. Yeah. It is really nice. I think I'm going to do the same thing. I'm not fully decided yet, but, um, and I also took summer classes. I took a summer class last semester, uh, or last summer, my bad, and then also the summer before I came into USC. Mm -hmm. I took general chemistry, and I'm so excited. 
you know it was absolutely worth it and it was okay. still virtual so I didn't learn yeah to not gonna lie <laughs> so that, yeah good choice Kim 105A here is hard, <laughs> that hard is a- but I wish I was in it I feel like I missed out you um, you missed out on like a very bonding experience for that's students. true that's but- true it was rough. Time <laughs> is hard anywhere, guys. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's not. Um, it's not a USC thing. Just you know, Gen Chem is hard. Yeah, and obviously, like you mentioned, it taking summer classes. I did it so I could like, not to lighten my load, but just to like increase my options. Like mm-hmm. I was never really interested in a minor or anything like that. I was just like, either I'm graduating a semester early, or I'm gonna do a master's degree. And so I'm obviously still picking that. But if I get to do a master's degree, I can now finish it within the four years. Thanks to my AP credits. Thanks to my transfer credits, you know. So um, you don't have to do that. No pressure. It's just something that I wanted to do for me. So regardless of where you go, USC, anywhere else, I would recommend it. If you have nothing to do between the summer of your senior year and your first year of college. So um, just a little heads up <laughs> for anyone listening. That's what I did. And I absolutely do not regret it at all. All right. So moving forward, uh, we talked about that you were an ASBME. So that's like a maybe one to two hour week commitment. But you also mentioned that you do research. And that is also like a big time commitment. So if you want to talk about that. Yeah. So I started doing research. I did this one lab through one of my classes my sophomore year, but then this year I started doing research through Curve, which is like the Viterbi Center for Undergraduate Research. Um, And I matched with the Orthopedic Institute, the Children's Orthopedic Institute. Um, It's part of the UCLA hospital. It's like downtown by Lorenzo. And I just, um, like I said earlier, I go in Fridays in between practices. And then I also go in Wednesdays for like a little bit in the afternoon. Um, And we've been like, it's an orthopedic uh, research lab. So it's all about kind of like bone repair. Um, They do a lot of spinal stuff. And then I'm working on the, it's like a, fracture repair for the scaphoid bone in your wrist so kind of just testing different ways to repair it and um I do a lot of data analysis on that so like a lot of MATLAB and some coding with that stuff and that's just it's been really helpful because I think it's kind of it's taught me a lot about kind of like research um within the world of medicine and how new treatments or devices get worked out with that. Um, And also, like, this is so ridiculous, but, like, the practice on MATLAB and coding has been super helpful. Mm -hmm. It's just, like, you learn it in class, but it's so different when it's, like, applied to real-world situations, you know? Um, But, yeah, that was, I think that it's only, I think I go into my lab, like, Because the curve minimum is five hours. I think I do like probably eight to 10 hours a week. Um, And I do some stuff like I'm in lab, I think for six hours, six or seven. And then I do like some of the MATLAB data analysis at home. Um, And that's been honestly like that's another plus to Viterbi because like I was so worried like with my schedule, I was like, there's no way I'm going to have time for research or like to do anything like that. But curve made it so easy to apply. And I could like, I could put that I was a swimmer in, and then they like helped match me with that lab. So that was a really great experience. And I'm super grateful for like the curve program and also like my research mentors. Cause they've been, super helpful like they helped me decide on like the electrical emphasis over molecular cellular um and just kind of giving me general advice about like my career yeah that's super cool like I'm really jealous of you I have not done research yet I haven't really tried looking for it too hard so yeah it's super cool that you got to get a taste 
of like a job in the real world thanks to your research. I'm like kind of jealous of you about that. I haven't done research yet and I think I'm gonna apply to Curve next semester, but even if I don't get it, cause it is an application process, like I'm gonna try and get involved in some research cause it seems like really cool. I have a lot of friends doing it and it doesn't seem that hard to get. Like lots of students do it. So like it'll get me a taste of something Maybe it'll help me decide my emphasis too. Cause I still have two more years here. Caroline, you're almost done. So like, oh, okay, I say that. I hope I didn't hear your feelings, but you are on your <laughs> sixth out of eighth semester of like undergrad. So like you talked about PDP, um, progressive degree program, which was like the four plus one kind of thing that we have where you finish your bachelor's and then you got started on your master's coursework before you finish your four years and then you, you know, finish your last year. But um, do you have any like idea of what your PDP is going to be in? Um, I am not totally sure yet. I'm still like talking to the advisor. Um, But I think I want to do, it's like the, it's a BME master's, but it's medical device and diagnostic engineering. Um, and that one sounds super cool. It's just kind of the like medical device stuff that I've been interested in. I looked at the course program and it like there was one that was like nanotechnology, which was super neat. So um, we'll just we'll see kind of where that takes me. Um, but that's definitely what I'm leaning towards right now. Nice. And like, what do you want to do with your degree in BME? And ideally, the degree that you're doing for PDP, like career-wise, what are you interested in? Yeah, I think, so ultimately, this is not like an, I don't think this is an entry-level field, but I want to be a field engineer. Um, They're the ones that like go into the hospital and like help surgeons like with the medical devices and stuff like that. So I think that would be really cool. But I think before that, probably just working in industry um, I think research and development would honestly be really cool. Just kind of see how like new devices like get on the market and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, ultimately I want to be a field engineer. That's super cool. R and D is kind of what I want to do for, Oh, it's kind of what I want to do as well. Like, especially with an internship this summer. So if anyone's listening, please hire me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess like the other aspect of your college career do you think you're going to like swim after college? Um, no, <laughs> definitely <laughs> not. Um, I mean, I love swimming and I'm obviously so grateful for all the things that it's allowed me to do. But like after I graduate, so like I'll finish my senior year of like college swimming. And then because it's 2024, the Olympic trials are like in June right after that. So I think I'll probably swim in Olympic trials and then be done. Um, And I'm like really excited for that, honestly, not to be like done swimming, but that fifth year where I'm working on my master's, like I'll get to be a normal student and not have to, you know, balance my like swimming with schoolwork. And I think that's going to be super fun just to kind of tackle my like academic interests more. But no, after next year, after I'm graduated, no more swimming. <laughs> oh, I feel like you're going to be sad, right? Um, like a happy sad. Yeah, I'll be sad. Like I'll miss swimming at USC because it's been so much fun. But like, I'm just I'm excited to take like start a new chapter of my life. Nice. OK, yeah, that's super cool. I mean, it must be like full circle for you. You've been swimming since you were six. You swam through high school. You swam through maybe middle school and now, you know, college. Oh, that's super sweet. I know we have like lots of athletes that go on to do bigger things. But of course, like for you, you want your, to do your career as well. And obviously like, that's super valid. Um, And we're getting to the end of the podcast here. Uh, right. You guys want to listen to so much more. But that's fine. <laughs> I guess, like, to close off, like, what advice do you have, just like in general, maybe about the recruiting process or college, engineering, being a student athlete? Yeah. So, what kind of like, advice do you have? Um, I think 
You know, one of the most important things when choosing a college is like, it's such a big change from high school and, you know, in like every aspect, like you're moving away from home and, you know, your course load is heavy. You know, if you're an athlete, you're going to be super, super busy. And I think just trying to pick a college that you feel like is going to support you the best is so huge. And like picking a college that, you know, has, services that are going to like help you with your goals and help you achieve the things that you want to do. And then also with that, like once you get into your perfect college, like one, make the most of every opportunity because they give you, like, if you get involved, there's so many amazing things that you can do that are both one, I mean, obviously going to help you with your career in the future, but there's so much fun and they're just going to introduce you to some amazing people. Um, Like I'm so grateful for kind of everything that I've been able to do here, you know, with swimming and research and just, you know, engineering in general and Viterbi. Like I love everyone that I've met and I feel like I'm surrounded by like a really great group of people. So yeah, just, you know, make the most of every opportunity and I'm sure like, everything will work out. Oh, that's some really good advice you gave Caroline. Hopefully like some of you guys are listening that maybe stumbled across this podcast in a Google search, or you've been listening to the Viterbi Voices podcast for a while. So maybe you learned something today about what it's like engineering, what it's like being a student athlete, managing both of those. And maybe you're like super interested and, you know, listening and getting ready. So that just about ends our time today. Um, Caroline, it was super great having you here. I love you. We've been friends for a while since my freshman year, your sophomore year, both of our first years physically on campus. But we didn't really like become friends friends until like my sophomore year, junior year. And it's really nice having you in my life. We're going to hang out this Friday, play a game called Code Names, I think. So that's yeah. going to be really fun. <laughs> We played it like two weeks ago and I was not too great at it. So I'm oh, you were awful. It. You were so bad at it. <laughs> I gave like the same hint twice. Like if you've ever played code names, like you give a hint and there's like a bunch of cards on the, on the table and like you're trying to say a word that covers as many cards as possible. I said the same hint twice as if like the hint is going to be any better the second time if they didn't get it the first time. So I just wasn't thinking straight. And then they said like the bomb word. Or like whatever word like ends the game completely. And I was like, dang it. I like totally mess it up. So uh, that just about ends our podcast. I'm excited to see Caroline on Friday. And without further ado, we like to end this podcast with a fight on. Fight on. And welcome back, guys. Mateo, thank you so much for bringing that episode to light. It's really cool hearing a profile about someone who I think the main core goal is that she's an engineer, but she's also an athlete. I feel like I, I struggle so much balancing my own extracurricular activities and being a student that I can't even imagine being an athlete and still being involved. So it was really cool that you were able to bring that episode and just be able to show uh, you know, what Caroline is doing and how she's balancing everything. Yeah, it's crazy. Just like how you said, like I think about the things that I'm doing now as a student of a Turby. I have two jobs. And then like Caroline on top of that is a student athlete on the swim team. And we talked about in the podcast how she goes on meets, away meets, and also like ones at USC and how she has like built her whole schedule around that. So it was really, really fun to talk about her experience, learn about her schedule, and just think how different her time here as a student at USC is compared to mine. Absolutely. Yeah, when it all when it all comes down to it, it's it's time management, but it's the idea of managing larger chunks of things. And so everybody has their own stuff. And I think what's most important is that when people realize, and I think you hear this in the conversation, when someone's passionate about something, it becomes a priority. And if you want to do something, you can definitely make that a priority. What was uh pro- I mean, what was the probably the most um uh exciting, I don't know, surprising thing that you learned in this conversation, Mateo, that maybe you didn't know beforehand? Or did you just know everything? Um, I'm trying to think of something to say. I'll cut out this like a blank space off. The most interesting thing. <laughs> I think that 
the most interesting thing is just like thinking about the logistics of what it's like to be a student athlete. Um, you miss a lot of school a lot of the times. Like she, this semester specifically, she doesn't have class on Fridays, but she has class on Thursdays. And so when you leave on Thursday for a meet, um, potentially at some midterm on Fridays, yeah. like it becomes an issue. And it's just crazy how like, um, like you mentioned, time management, just like how completely differently structured it is and how professors and the school is accommodating to that. And of course, like being a student athlete is almost like, it's like another career. It's not just like an activity. It's just like a whole nother thing that's a part of your life. So Absolutely. I think that's really interesting. Yeah, totally. I don't know if I know this about either of you. Are either of you athletes? Have, have you participated in competitive athletics? In high I school? played volleyball. That's about it. In high school? You played volleyball? <laughs> mm-hmm. I was on the swim team for like a week before I realized they wanted like four hours of practice Monday through Thursday. And I'm like, nope, I'm not doing that. The funny thing was the swim coach was the AP physics teacher. So there was a duality that you can be a STEM person and a swimmer. Uh, in, your, that, in your high school, you're talking about? Yeah, my high school. Okay, great. So, Mateo, you played volleyball in high school? Yep. Uh, okay. University, and I'm going to blame it on the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> blame, blame, blame the pandemic, the fact that you don't play volleyball anymore? Exactly, yeah. Got it. Okay. All right, cool. Uh, well, great. Well, thanks so much for bringing this, Mateo. I really appreciate it. Cameron, do we have anything else we want to talk about today before we close this all out? I think that might be everything, right? Yeah, that sounds like a pretty good covering of everything to me. My brain's probably not all the way there, but sounds good to me. Yeah, it's February, right? I mean, it's <laughs> it's cold and it's the middle of the year and you guys are, are back in the swing of things. So anyways, thanks for joining us. We will see you next week with a whole other episode of Interview Voices. Bye, everybody.